The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They were there and they remain there. And sometimes it just amazes me how we don't seem to really think about our military except when there is an emergency or except when a news story pops up that says, oh my goodness, you know, veterans can't get health care or, or bad news, you know, then we pay attention. But every single day, there are families whose lives are on hold. Yesterday, my step-granddaughter, who, is, who serves in the United States Army, as does her husband, and are about to be deployed to Korea, she just had a baby. And so her life has to fit into the military, not the other way around. The military doesn't fit into her life. She has to fit her life into the military. And nobody understands how profound that is. Most of us, you know, I was just having a conversation about how most of us, we hope that our employer will be fair. But when our employer is not fair, we have the option of leaving. We have the option of holding our ground. But that's not your option. When you serve in the United States military, you have signed a contract and you are going to be held to that contract and you will lose everything if you break that contract. And that's, a, that's something that we don't think about. We don't give the families of the military as well as the service members themselves. We don't appreciate what an enormous sacrifice they make each and every day. Right now, I got a government, instead of giving the just desserts to our incredible men and women who serve, they have a mounting debt bill, which is causing them to default on government spending on the military. How's that going to play out? I don't know how many of you watched um, President Biden today. You know, talk about, I am so tired of the political charade that goes on. They actually pretend that we can't see right through what they're doing. You know, for him to come out and make a statement about, you know, the, the fact that that the number one opponent to Vladimir Putin, Alexei Navalny, died in prison in Siberia. Okay, I, I don't even want to venture to say what does a prison in Siberia look like? I can only go um, by the book written by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Gulag Archipelago. I mean, these are the worst of the worst when it comes to prisons. And he was being kept in this jail for the last three years. He was the opposition leader. And the president gets out there and pretends that he really feels bad about Navalny's death when really he was just making a pitch for the House of Representatives to pass the Ukraine funding bill. He didn't even, he couldn't go on very long before he took to that because he's faltering. Let's just say that. I'm not going to pour any more uh, 
I, I just feel at this point, we all know that he has become virtually useless in that position and they're going to keep him there and they're going to run him again. And there's a 50-50 chance that he could be the president for another four years in spite of the fact that he got lost in the middle of this statement, which was a political ploy to get the House to feel bad about not funding uh, more, not sending more money to the Ukraine by saying that, uh, that some, I don't know, that somehow they're responsible for the killing of this Putin opponent in, in a jail. He's been there for three years. Why didn't you say something sooner? I, I just, they're so, they're so obviously corrupt and bankrupt in government everywhere. And I would imagine you know, by the way, it was interesting because during the last big summit that took place, his wife was actually there. She showed up at this um, large-scale summit to talk about human rights and how nobody seemed to be paying attention to the fact that you had a politician in a country that we all watch carefully be imprisoned and that if he's indeed dead, she said today, then Vladimir Putin is going to be held accountable. I don't know who's going to hold him accountable because I think America threatened that we would hold them accountable, but the, the president didn't have a plan. He was asked directly by a reporter, well, okay, what are you going to do? And nothing, nothing. We're not going to do anything, but we're going to use it as political leverage to get the funding for Ukraine that we want. It's so insincere and so morally bankrupt that it kills me. It really does. And the international community, if she's waiting for them to step up, she'll be waiting a long time. There's nobody on the planet right now, I don't believe, with the exception of Vladimir Putin and his closest allies, and even probably not them, who don't believe that Navalny's death was a direct result of Putin's desire. Whether it took three years to kill him or it took three minutes to kill him, that was always the intent. It was an assassination attempt three years ago that started this particular scenario. I mean, you put him in a hellhole of a jail in the Arctic where they use torture and, and beatings and they've been able to break down the strongest guys. And Joe Biden's talking about, but even there, he held to his principles. What is he talking about? You don't hold to your principles. Nobody got to hear him. That was a sham trial that got him locked up. And then I remember, and this was like 2020, I believe it was 2020, when people were saying he'll never come out of that jail alive. Well, guess what? We knew that then, and he didn't. And that's, as a matter of fact, he was missing for a while. I think it might have been last year or the year before. Anyway, it was at some point. From the jail where he originally had been locked up, he had gone missing. And then they said, oh, well, don't worry. We found him. He's in the polar wolf colony. That's how they refer to this hellish Russian jail that he died in. The toughest prison 
in the country of Siberia, which is the toughest place on earth to be in prison, period. So the number one enemy of Vladimir Putin spent 308 days, and they even say that Putin insisted that they send him live footage. In other words, he was watching this guy getting beaten and humiliated on his on his television set or on Zoom. These people have absolutely, you know, and then you have to sit here and go, okay, well, this certainly makes Tucker Carlson look a little uh, foolish right now, right? Sitting there with Putin while Putin is, you know, <laughs> killing his opponents. And they are now saying that he collapsed during a walk outside. First and foremost, you don't go for a walk outside in Siberia, okay? That, that just doesn't even, that don't pass the smell test. So they had him out in the cold. Probably, the guy's 47 years old, probably had him marching for hours in a circle or something horrific like that. And then he falls down and dies. And they say, oh, well, uh, you know, th th we'll find out what the real cause of death was. The real cause of death was he's been brutally punished for the last three years in Siberia. That's the end of the story. He was in a, a, a court appearance a couple of months ago where you saw him, shaved head, skinny, you know, <laughs> So now what? You know, David Cameron's going, ooh, Putin should be held accountable. Uh, Joe Biden, ooh, Putin should be held accountable. Okay, what are you guys going to do? What are you going to do? Nobody believes you're going to do anything. And I know you're not going to do anything. Navalny had a spokeswoman, this uh, Kira Yarmish, who said she has had no official confirmation of his death, but that they are investigating it. In some ways, and this is going to t sound terrible, he had just sent a Valentine's Day message to his wife. And the letter said, baby, everything is like a song, like like in a song. Uh, don't worry. I love you, blah, blah, blah. You know, they had two children. And, and then she gets this notice like from CNN that he's dead. His mother said, don't send any condolences. He was alive and healthy on the 12th. We saw him on the 12th, I guess, in video. So we'll see. I, I just, you can't, you can't listen to anybody without feeling like they think you're stupid. That Joe Biden would have spoken to the American people the way he did today. He thinks we're stupid. Yeah, blood is on Putin's hand. So what else is new? dangerous. This is a very dangerous precedent that opponents, political prisoners can, you know, die at the hands of the government. And I just want you to be mindful because Vladimir Putin is not the only guy who wants to see his political enemies in jail. I don't have to finish that sentence. You know what the end of that sentence is. Pray for Donald Trump. Anyway, don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app. That way you can participate in all our cool contests. We're giving away rib roundup tickets, uh, and that's something you want to you wanna win that. If you can't download the app or choose not to, go to the website, 850wftl.com, and you can enter right from there. 
can also hear all the podcasts and all that cool stuff. I got to take a quick break. I will be talking with Derek in the final segment of today's show. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. I w- I'm right, by the way. Uh, Navalny's wife made uh, an appearance in Munich just a couple of hours ago. A dramatic surprise appearance at a gathering of world leaders in Munich. Taking the stage, she denounced Vladimir Putin and vowed that he and his circle will be brought to justice. Uh, she stunned the hall by striding in. Conference organizers quickly wrapped up a session with Vice President Kamala Harris and turned the microphone over to Ms. Navalny. So think about that. They took the vice president, they took the microphone out of her hand and handed it to Navalny's widow. I'm just going to, that's, I'm not saying another word. That's all. They got no respect for us anywhere anymore. And if you saw that Fonnie Willis testimony, nonsense that went on yesterday afternoon. I have never been more embarrassed for anybody than I was for her and her boyfriend there. What a nightmare. What what were they thinking? I, I just, I, sometimes you can be given such an incredible opportunity. Here she is elected as the district attorney of Atlanta, thanks to George Soros's money, but it was really a tough race. She gets elected. She's promising, I'm going to prosecute Donald Trump, which is kind of, I assume, what put her over the top in that race because it was a very close race. And then she does this. She puts together this kind of foolish Rico case, but whatever. She thought she had grounds and hires her boyfriend who knows nothing has never prosecuted a felony in his entire life to oversee the case. And then they go globetrotting. Belize and Aruba and and the wine country, Napa Valley. And uh, he gave me money. He gave me cash. And I'm sitting there and, and she's indignant. She's all indignant about it. Not for nothing. How did you not think you, you might get caught? And how did you believe that you could talk your way out of this because it didn't look like she did a very good job yesterday. I don't know. They didn't bring her up to cross-examine her today. Her side didn't even want to put her back on the stand to kind of counter some of the line of questioning that went on yesterday. You would have thought they they would have been very eager to put her up there, but after watching what happened with her and her, her bad manners and horrible attitude, disrespect, for the court, for the judge, for all the attorneys. Nah, they didn't even put her back on there. <laughs> you know, then her father, the former Black Panther, gets on. I, I mean, please. It was just, what the world looks at us and says, take that microphone out of Kamala Harris's hand and give it to the widow. They really do. They have no respect for us anymore. Vladimir Putin certainly has no respect for us. And neither do uh, most Americans have any respect for our government anymore. We can't believe what we're watching. And and it's all live on television. You know, that, that to me yesterday, a, a friend of mine was texting me because I was on the air when the, most of that her testimony was taking place. So my friend was texting me, just giving me updates. And then afterwards, when I got off the air, I went to watch it. And she's still testing me, texting me with her impression of it all, 
I couldn't watch it for very long. I just couldn't. It was, it was so awful. And all I could think of was like, if I'm sitting in Russia or China or uh, Iran and I'm looking at this stuff, I'm just thinking to myself, the, the world is our oyster now. We need to move quickly because the worst thing that could happen to any of these countries is for Donald Trump to get elected. And the way they are going, there's a very good likelihood that that's exactly what's going to happen. And there will be, as my husband say, blood in the streets. doesn't matter whether it's, it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. There's going to be civil unrest in this country. And how do you prepare for that? How do you even believe that we survive that? You know, now it's all the nonsense about, oh, well, in private, Donald Trump wants to ban abortion. Look, Donald Trump put three conservative justices on Roe v. Wade, got overturned, it's in the hands of the state. I'm quite sure Donald Trump is done, right? That is not... Uh, high on his list of priorities anymore. He kind of handled that one. You don't need to move the embassy either. A lot of things he's not going to have to do that he promised to do the first time. And nobody really cares what he personally thinks about anything. I don't. What are your policies going to be? How will they affect me? So you look at this and you just, you, you can't believe that we're in the state of chaos that we see and we're, this week, three chairmen, Republican chairmen of big committees in the House have stepped away. They're not going to run. It's amazing to me. They know. Mark Green knows. Uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers knows. I'm trying to remember who the other person was. It's the third. Oh, Mike Gallagher. All these people said, no, I'm not running again. And I'm like, What? They got a razor thin majority as it is, and now everybody's bailing. Well, you know what they say. If you don't want to go down with the ship, you got to get off. Anyway, it's just uh, it's just frustrating. I had the remember I started out this week. I was having like a great week on Tuesday. I was so encouraged and uplifted, and everything was. Uh, I had all this hope, and then uh, Wednesday, Thursday happened, and today is happening. So. I mean, you know, hopefully this weekend I'll get to restore some of that peace, but I wouldn't count on it. All right, stay right where you are. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, so the uh, judge has ordered the former president, Donald Trump, to pay $355 million and has temporarily banned him from doing business in his home state of New York. Well, he's a Floridian now after finding that he inflated his net worth uh, to dupe banks, uh, which by the way, not a single bank has ever said that that happened or that they want any recompense. But this isn't about what Donald Trump did or didn't do. It's not what about Eric and Donald Trump ever did or didn't do. It's about keeping this man from becoming president again. And, and my friend Howard made an excellent observation today. He said that really what they've done if, they, if they've made Donald Trump a legend, this none of this is causing people to rush away from him. You know, when they tell you, oh, well, women, suburban women, oh, please. 
you know, nobody knows what suburban women are going to do on any given day. You know, they're going to do what Taylor Swift tells them to do. I don't, you know, I don't think so. But so the, he can't serve as an officer or director of any company in New York for three years. It's going to be appealed. And, uh, you know, in, in the meantime, it'll, nothing will change for, for a while. His two sons, the older sons, also have been ordered to pay $4 million each, and they cannot do business in New York either, I think, for a period of time. Let me check. I'm not sure. You sure going to put a lot of pressure on uh, Ivanka. <laughs> a two-year New York business ban against the two sons and $4 million apiece. Now, when you look at these stories, you have to ask yourself, does anybody in the, the real world, people like you and me, when we keep hearing these numbers, 83 million went to the, to the lunatic who said he, he had sex with her in, in a dressing room in a department store. She got $83 million. Now it's $355 million, plus another four from American, another four from Don Jr., okay? When, when people like me and you hear those numbers, do they, what do they say to you, and do they mean anything to you? Because what they say to me is that's all part of a world that I have absolutely no entry into whatsoever, or any understanding of for that matter. You got properties like uh, the Trump Towers in in Midtown. You've got Mar-a-Lago. You've got all these places that he apparently, according to Judge Engeron, uh, inflated, that he lived in a fantasy world. Well, you know, Judge Engeron may be living in a fantasy world himself because if he thought this was going to stop Donald Trump, or even that it would stop the Trump organization. He better think again, you know. And as for Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, at least she didn't hire her boyfriend and go trotting around the globe. I'll give her that. And then we'll see. We'll see how this breaks down. Um, Michael Cohen, of course, was one of the people who testified against Donald Trump. Michael Cohen, who basically was a fixer. I don't, do they still use that term? But that's what he was, right? And he literally went around behind Donald Trump's back after he did all this machinations to keep Donald Trump from trouble and made all this trouble. So how do you think history is going to remember Michael Cohen? I mean... I know the liberals get to write a lot of history and so they can misrepresent what happened here. But that's not, that's not how this is going to go down. I can tell you right now, this was a trial that lasted, what, 12 weeks? Somewhere close to that. And he was on, uh, Donald Trump was on the witness stand. His two sons were on the witness stand. His daughter was on the witness stand. And people look at that and they go, wow, was this necessary? You know, were were any of these 
assertions by the judge or by Letitia James, the DA, weren't they pretty much subjective value and things like that? Even if you triple the size of your property, which is one of the accusations that he tripled the size of his penthouse, is anybody in the real world like you and me, does that sound like we should be paying this much attention to it? Really, I don't. I, I don't get it. And I don't think they get it, that they have turned us off with all this. They would have done a lot better if all of these forces, particularly these Soros-funded DAs, had all come together in one of their infamous gatherings at some resort in a, you know, Aruba, and they had all said, okay, well, what's it, what is the best case that we have here? Because the rest of them, we're just going to shine. We, we, we should find a case and we should present it. And we have a chance to convince the American people that he's too flawed or too damaged or too broke or too busy to be the next president. But they didn't do that. Instead, they did what, what stupid people do. They threw as much spaghetti against the wall and hoped that some of it would stick. And so if you think a financial loss is going to stop Donald Trump, think again. You know, the, the, this is like I, like Howard Galganoff said, I, I'm, I'm steal that line, Howard. If anybody tells Howard, oh, Joyce was using your material, I, I'm stealing this line, Howard. This has created a, the legend of Donald Trump. There'll be a movie one day. They have turned the man and his family into legends because the banks one day when they stand up and are asked you know how did this all go down and were you guys uh did you feel like there was fraud and they're all going to say no nah, we made a lot of money on these deals <laughs> we got paid back every penny every penny never defaulted whether it was errors or deliberate they never there was no victim this was a truly a victimless crime. And only in the world of the Letitia James and the, the uh, Fannie Willis's of the world do you weaponize a fraud law or you weaponize the RICO Act and go after your political opponents. The American people look at you and go, why? Can't you beat them? Like, don't you have a candidate that can beat him? You have the incumbent president. Well, okay, maybe that's a poor example. But can't you just, you now have his record and you have the Democrat record. Shouldn't you just duke it out in the arena of public opinion? I mean, that's what elections are for. But no, 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 they don't want an election. They want to make sure that he has to go into this election with not one hand tied behind his back, both hands tied behind his back and shackled, literally shackles on his feet, mug shots, all of it, they want it all. And the American people, I could tell you, I listen to some of these, you know, I don't do the, the whole TikTok thing, but there's something called Reels, and it comes up on my Instagram, which the only reason I'm on Instagram is my church has an Instagram page, which I follow, and I follow my children so that I can see my grandchildren at their various performances and games, right? 
It's on Instagram, so I'm on Instagram. But let me tell you something. They have something called Reels, which I guess are similar to TikTok. They're little short films. And I'm listening to uh, uh, African-Americans. I'm listening to Hispanic-Americans. I'm listening to LGBTQ Americans, uh, all saying like, hey, uh, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump, but after watching this, you know, uh, clown show or cluster show, whatever you want to call it, I'm voting for him. Plus, what are my alternatives? Now Joe Manchin said he's not going to run as a third-party candidate. Maybe some people are holding on to that, but he's out. So now it's literally, I get to vote for the guy who looks as if at any moment he's just going to you know, collapse with a massive attack of some kind, has trouble stringing more than one sentence together, gazing into space, wandering around on stages, doesn't know where the exit is, most of the time, can't remember people's names. So you could either vote for him or you could vote for Donald Trump, who, in the words of the media, has a personality problem. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just me, but like, give me the personality problem over the uh, doddering, incapable guy every, every time. All right, I'm going to take a break. Coming up after me is Eric Erickson, followed by uh, Joe Pags and Lars Larson, and then we're officially in the weekend. But before that, I'm coming back with my son Derek from TMZ, and we'll do a little lighter stuff. Uh, I'd rather talk about J-Lo and Ben Affleck than, than Fonnie Willis and Nate Wade or whatever her boyfriend's name is. So stay right where you are if you want a couple of chuckles. The apple didn't fall far from the tree, as we always like to say, but the apple did fall all the way to Los Angeles, where he not only practices law, but also thinks he's funny. He's a comic, so <laughs> we're going to chuckle and laugh at him right now. My son, Derek. At least for a couple hours a day. <laughs> Listen, I always found you funny in a sort of pathetic way, but funny. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay being laughed at. And if you're comfortable with that, uh, you'll like me. <laughs> exactly. You do take some powerful shots on the show, but I do uh, I do enjoy the fact that they do seem to love you, even if they uh, bust your chops a lot. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a scamp. What are you, yeah. you going to do? you got to put up with me. <laughs> uh, tell me about it. I've been putting up with you for over 40 years. But uh, I, I, some crazy story. Well, first and foremost, we we didn't plan on talking about this, but uh, Donald Trump can't do business in New York for three years, and you know they keep throwing numbers like three hundred and fifty-five million, eighty-three million. Do they realize that for the average American like me, that starts to just sound stupid, and we stop paying yeah, attention? Yeah, I, I think I think even to to Donald Trump at this point, these are just astronomical figures. I mean, this one is nine figures. It almost <laughs> highlights how rich he is. That to, to sting him, you have to hit him with judgments that are approaching now half a billion dollars. Right. Uh, but I don't think it's going to have much of an impact. I mean, these things are happening, but the you know it's election season and things are rolling on, and we're all thinking about the matchup with Biden, and that's where people's focus is and their attention. So I think these are little roadblocks. They're a quick news cycle for him, and then he rolls. The train keeps rolling. 
I think it's turning him into a legend. You know, I can see the movie now, the legend of the Trumps, you know, so it's just... <laughs> well, now he needs to win because if he doesn't win this, yeah. he's going to be facing sort of a lot of big judgments against him and won't have any political power. So it does raise the stakes for him. I will say that. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't know if you saw any of that testimony yesterday from Fonnie Willis and her boyfriend, but that was really sad. What a statement about America, jurisprudence. You got to be embarrassed to be in the profession. Yeah, you know, it hasn't been a great year for, <laughs> I will say, or it hasn't been a great couple of years for my profession, but I'm hoping things turn around. Yeah, well, they certainly seem to have turned around for the uh, Ben and J-Lo couple. I mean, they didn't make it the first time, but boy, according to her new song, things have never been hotter. I've never seen her, uh, lyrics from her that are quite this nasty. I mean, she's always been Jenny from the block, but I've never thought of her as raunchy. Uh, these right. lyrics are raunchy. I mean, she's very much in love. They're very hot and heavy, she and Ben. And some of the lyrics in this new song, um, you know, she's promoting this movie, which is sort of like a one long music video, kind of autobiographical. It's unclear exactly what it is. Uh, but, you know, I can't even say some of these lyrics. Missing your body is about the only thing I can tell you because exactly. I think it's very, very sexual. Very and graphic. Like they were always in love, uh, even during their marriages and when they were starting families with Mark Anthony and Jennifer Garner, that the light was still flickering, which kind of feel pretty hurtful if you're Mark Anthony and Jennifer Garner now. Right. Yeah. And, and to be honest, you know, there are children. These people all have children, and these kinds of lyrics are totally unnecessary. It's like, the, you know, WAP. Uh, once Cardi B had kids, we didn't really want to hear her talk about that anymore that way. Yeah, and have you heard with her? She's now back with, with Offset, so she's yeah. become the, the girl who cried wolf because she's gone on Instagram saying it's over, he's wronged me for the last time, but she always seems to crawl back to him. So it sort of conflicts a little bit with her you know, no-nonsense image that she just can't get over this guy. She's a little more like Khloe Kardashian than we thought. Yeah, you, you got a good point there. Um, some of the other stories, of course, this tragic shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs parade, but it looks like uh, Taylor Swift really stepped up. The person, the woman who was shot, was actually a radio DJ. Yeah, you know, it's a very, very tragic story, and, and more as more news comes out about it, it just is sadder and sadder. This was a joyous occasion, whether you're a Chiefs fan or not. This is people celebrating their, their sports team winning the Super Bowl and to turn tragic like this. But you're right. She put up $100,000, and, you know, her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, has had a, a sort of different public relations episodes after this because he continued to party, nice. uh, went out to a restaurant, took some smiling selfies, and he's really getting dragged for, you know, not showing the appropriate solemnity after an event like this for a parade that was thrown basically for him and his team. Nice. Um, you know, and I wonder whether this will fracture their relationship because Taylor is very polished. You know, after yes. this tragedy, she did the right thing. She gives $100,000 to a GoFundMe, and he's digging himself out of a hole. Um, and I wonder if, because she's such a global icon and, and is so media savvy, how much she's going to be willing to put up with this kind of like jockey meathead. Yeah, and, and just a lot of boozing and, and, you know, the brother podcast, all that stuff. It's, it's so not Swifty. Um, then I think you're right. I think that uh, one thing we know about, to, uh, about her is that she don't stay with guys long if they aren't meeting her expectations. 
Yeah, you look, they seem to really like each other. They're in the honeymoon phase, but she, you know, heavy is the head that wears the helmet, Travis. Now you yeah. are a global icon along with her. If you're on her arm, she's there's nobody bigger. She's right. Madonna. She, you know, there, there's a certain responsibility that goes along with being with the most famous person in the world right now. I mean, she's really put even Kim Kardashian in her rearview mirror. Taylor Swift's in a, in a league of her own. Yeah, no doubt. Like I said, Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio, but Joe was a class act. So That's right. Yeah. Zendaya and Tom Holland, are they together? Are they apart? Apparently, they showed up at the Dune premiere together. Yeah, look, he's he's putting to bed all these rumors by showing up with her because they've been dogged by it. They were such a happy couple for so long. You know, they're one of the Hollywood it couples. He's in the Spider-Man movie. She's a huge star now with, with Dune 2. And I don't know if you saw what she was wearing, sort of wow. uh, buttless chaps in yeah. a Tin Man costume. Yeah. It was pretty wild. <laughs> yes. um, but I think, they're, I think they're putting those rumors to rest, and it's certainly going to help her promote this movie to have – Tom Holland on her arm and have these storylines. So things seem to be happy right now. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I went to the movies on Valentine's Day and uh, the trailer looked great. I mean, I think it's going to be epic kind of movie. Yeah, you know, I used to love the old David Lynch ones. They were super weird, but these are certainly polished and and pretty fantastic. Me Villeneuve has done with the franchise is pretty spectacular. You have to go see this movie that we saw. It's called Argyle. I had no idea that Ron Howard's daughter was an an actress. What? Where have you been? She's been in the Jurassic World series. Bryce Dallas Howard is a huge star now, and yeah, she's, she's continuing to roll right along. She's got the trademark red hair, you know? She's got the red hair, and as my husband said, it's just nice to see a woman who's thick up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She's, 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 she's nice looking, though. I've yeah. always loved Bryce Dallas. Yeah. I, I had no idea until, you know, this movie, because I, I, don't, I don't watch the uh, Jurassic Park movies, so I, I would not Fair have enough. known that. You yeah. haven't missed much. The Spielberg ones uh, from the 90s are a little bit better. Right. So what else? Anything else happening? What are the Kardashians up to? Is she back with Odell? I heard that. Well, you know, it looks like they may be together. She went on a podcast where she talked about sort of the traits that she needs in a man, and they're everything you'd expect. She wants him to be accountable for his actions and hold down his own life and not be scared of her big life and wants him to have good teeth. And Odell (laughs) checks all those boxes. He's very (laughs) handsome. He's very popular. He's very well-dressed. So they could be together, but it's, uh, it's unclear right now. Uh, whether they're sort of being coy about it and waiting till things get more stable. She's still dealing with a lot of Kanye issues. You know, North is obsessed with Kanye and recently doodled in her notebook a picture of North, or a picture of Kanye and Bianca with those see-through underwear on. So um, she's got her hands full. She doesn't need a boyfriend right now. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, so no other big stories, huh? We can just uh, rest at ease. Oh, we're coming down from the Super Bowl still, you know. Now we know why why Bieber wasn't there. It was just overwhelming for him. But, you know, that was a lot to learn. He didn't want to maybe roller skate on stage. Look at what those <laughs> guys did during the halftime show. He didn't want to have to figure it all out on the fly. So I think it, the, the show was great even without him. But uh, everyone obviously wants to see the beads. I had to admit that because I told you I wasn't looking forward to that halftime show, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, you know, what, it was joyous. I, yes, I thought it was great, yes. and it was a real throwback. Now I've heard now the Super Bowl shows are something we can all enjoy from when I was a kid because now yeah. those are the old heads, so I liked all the music. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. All right, well, have a great weekend, and uh, and we'll talk. All right, sounds good. Take care. Take care. Oh, man, my son has a big weekend ahead of him.
Uh, just hope it all turns out great. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here on Monday. If it be his will and he delays his call coming, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then may God bless you. May God bless Israel. And may God bless the United States of America. See you Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.